Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. I'm Jack Ward, and welcome to the world's largest showcase of modern audio theater, the Sonic Society. This is the final episode of season 15. Boo! I know, I know. The long-awaited audio adaptation previously of the Smash Haligonian stage play from Keith Morrison, Reefer Madness. Mm. And yes, I have the narrating part in that. So, And the madness will not end if I have anything to say about it, because I hope my co-host will join me next season in the same craziness. Mr. David Alt, my co-host, will you be here next season? Well, as long as you keep on providing me with the plane trips from over here to Halifax, then of course. Yeah, it is a costly but worthwhile (laughs) venture, for sure. We have a really long show, and it's. I apologize to our radio affiliates as it's going to go way over the hour, so maybe you should slot two hours for this particular <laughs> time frame. But I wanted to talk a little bit because it is the end of season 15 and the end of yet another year. And I think at least, what, are we, we're, we're coming up like, we should figure out how many years you and I have been doing this together. Well, I remember season seven. I remember mm-hmm. coming in at the end of season seven, and I okay. think I was there from season eight onwards. Okay, good. So according to my maths... Eight years. That's why I'm an English teacher. So we need we need to have a celebration two years from now for like a full 10 years of you being co-host in the Sonic Society. That'd be a lot of fun. Let me talk about a couple of things before we get on to the feature. First of all, my major mistake for Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. No, no, there, there's yeah. no such thing as mistakes. <laughs> okay, this goes back to the maths. Oh, Apparently, we've already had season 10. I didn't realize that last year was season 10. <laughs> this is season 11 for Sonic wow. Summerstock Playoffs. I don't know why. I'm going to call it the concussion. Yes, Let's just call yes, it the concussion because I really should have known. By, but uh, yeah, so it is literally the 11th season of the Sonic mm. Summerstock Playoffs. So I have to go back out to all across Halifax with my plaster and, and change all the posters I put everywhere telling people to come to the 10th. Now I have to put a little sticker on that says 11. Or one instead of yep. the zero for mm-hmm. that reason. So that's a small thing. There's been other things that happened this year too, besides that, of course, the dreaded coronavirus has caused us to reschedule mm-hmm. MadCon. But I think in the end, that will be a better thing. There'll be a chance for more people to come 
So I'm looking forward to that. The rebooking has happened. Please go to mad-con.com to get yourself a ticket and a place for next year's It'll be amazing yeah, well, opportunity yes. for the first time ever for a audio drama convention in the world. There's been lots of places people like people in Podtail sell. Well, what about Podtails? Well, those are podcast fiction stuff mm-hmm. as well. Uh, nothing against it. Absolutely nothing against it. But this is all about strictly audio drama. Mm-hmm. It's just for the audio drama folks in that way. And I don't know if any place like that. So we're not hyphenated. <laughs> we're an audio drama group and an audio drama conference for that particular reason. Now, that being said, my third thing on my list was one of the things we are adding to the Mutual Audio Network is a little more audio fiction. Hooray! A little more of your side of the street, David. And if you have anything you'd like to donate, any kind of reading, of favorite short stories or poems or novels. Mm -hmm. I know you do this for a living, but there might be something that you want to do. I've always known that I'd like to add this at some point as time went on, but I wanted to sort of identify us as mostly audio drama. And there will be on the occasional day, what we call an audio fiction edition. Mm -hmm. So there might be two audio dramas and audio fiction. It started a week ago on Saturday. I recorded a, a couple years back, a couple short stories of the classic Oscar Wilde short story, Kid Uh, Stories. So Jeff Billard contacted me and said, can we do some audio fiction stuff? And I said, well, I've always wanted to do that. So he's taken it on. And we started with, we decided upon Story Circle Theater. Mm -hmm. And so beginning as of a week ago, we started Story Circle Theater as our third edition, and we're going to be doing a lot of really fun kid stories. So I know there's going to be some Beatrix Potter stories coming up, but I know for the first three weeks is all Oscar Wilde. So I I did, because he's one of my favorites. So (laughs) I did The Happy Prince Mm -hmm. and The Selfish Giant was this weekend. And then next week will be The Nightingale and the Rose. So those three I had recorded already, and I think we're going to be moving on from there. So lots of people jumped on board. Really excited. We have a couple more different shows because they were saying, what do we call them? And I said, well, I'd like to make them something mutual so they can move between various different days really depending upon the genre. So we have Mutual Book Club which will be a novel. So if you're recording a novel chapter by chapter, each Mm -hmm. chapter will be in Mutual Book Club. And Ah. so that will be kind of cool. But then we're also going to do something which I don't think we've decided on the story or the the name yet, but it's basically mutual short stories, you know, mutual audio theater or something like that and audio fiction theater. And there'll be short stories and poems. And then Lothar Tuppen is a, and I'm sure you would consider yourself that as well. He's an oral storyteller. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And he, you know, as a professional, he does that. So we're thinking of a particular venue or a series strictly for oral storytelling, because that is different than fiction in the same way as well. Indeed, you know? yes. So those are the four different options that we're going to start seeing in the Mutual Audio Network feed coming up soon, which is kind of cool. That is very cool, yes. I think that's the most of the... Uh, there's other things that are Mutual Audio news, of course, that's coming along. Some The Degassian by uh, Lothar Tuppen is coming up. Jeffrey Billard is putting the final touches on Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, I think yes. you're in that. I am indeed. That, yes, I am. Yes. What part do you have? I think I'm... Oberon this time. I'm usually playing Lysander in Midsummer Night's Dream, but I think this time oh, I was, cool. uh, I'm Oberon, I think. I got a part in that too. <laughs> so I play Puck. Ah, 
Yes. Little sprightly guy that I am. And so uh, Jeff and I have talked uh, multiple times about bringing some of the great classic theater plays into the audio zone. So there is uh, a grouping that I've called Renaissance Theater that mm. we're going to be doing that together as well. So he's got a pile of different stuff, whether it's old Greek plays or 19th century plays or more Shakespearean stuff, whatever it is, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going very literate, obviously, here yes. in the <laughs> Mutual Audio Network as well. A whole bunch of teachers and uh, teachers' aides involved that are doing all these kinds of things. So those are some of the mutual audio news that's going on. So we're, we're getting a lot more stuff moving along. As more things happen, mm -hmm. I will let you know. But thank you so much. The last thing, I guess, I just wanted to talk about the season, sort of looking back at it mm -hmm. and, and just saying my gratitude again to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's amazing the people who come out of the woodwork. Like we've found people who have popped up to talk to us from Sonic Echo, who have sent us a lot of emails saying how much they love listening to the old time radio and our discussion about that and, and just people who've never talked to us before. So it's amazing mm. how many people are out there. And I, I just want to say, I really appreciate that you've walked on this journey with me. This has been a long, more than 15 years, right? When I started, mm -hmm. you know, I, mm -hmm. there's uh, one of my first plays we're redoing and Lothar Tuppen is going to have that one out. It's called Right Number, Wrong Party. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I, mm -hmm. I wrote that in 2001. Wow. So uh, I don't know if it'll be brought out before <laughs> 2021. If it isn't, we can say 20th anniversary edition. <laughs> yes. But uh, I think they want to have it out before then. So it, it's been a long, long road. And I know you and I haven't walked that entire time together but nope. we've been together at least half that time yes we have and it's it's strange to think that yes uh, it's now 10 years since i was doing my big trek across the u.s and canada yep. and i first met you in nova scotia when you said yeah come along over for a week yeah, exactly. why not <laughs> absolutely and it's not like i had a huge place at the time but you, <laughs> no. it did not feel any smaller having you there it felt like you belonged it, it was so, so much fun yeah yeah and i mean i i'd already listened to you in a bunch of different stuff and everybody knows these stories because we talk about but every year but i'd listen <laughs> yes. to you and this stuff and, and uh the fact that we just got along mm. like peas and carrots yes as as the saying goes <laughs> it really sort of bode for the future and i was just mm -hmm. really thrilled and every time we get a chance to see each other it's like no time has passed it's been great yes yes and again i i, I certainly do hope that you haven't been bored silly or <laughs> exhausted of doing all of this because i can't imagine doing season 16 without you no absolutely it it is a pleasure it's, it really is, Jack. Thank you for bringing me along. Well, I, also, I love getting all the different news of the stuff that you're doing outside of the things as well. And I think other people do as well. So like <laughs> the No Sleep podcast, what you guys have been doing during this whole lockdown and various different times and mm. how, like you said last week, you just had an anniversary. All these things add to this larger community that we get to share together mm, here at the Sonic mm -hmm. Society and that we're going to get started on Summerstock next week. Absolutely. Yes. July. July. Gosh. July is just, <sighs> just bombing through. Yeah. And, you know, I get to relax a little more and you get to take center stage as the, <laughs> as the regular MC for Sonic Summerstock. So yeah. I'm always pleased for my, my summer off because then I get to be the listener. I get, yeah. to be, <laughs> I get to be sitting there in the seats watching everything that's going yeah, on instead yeah. of behind the mic for a change. I'm dusting off the suit as we speak <laughs> and uh, making sure it's all dry, cleaned and ready. We better get today going so that we can get there that much sooner. Absolutely, yes. Now we have our final feature of season 15. It is Reefer Madness from Lion's Den Theatre, and it all begins and sadly ends right here Aww, on the Sonic Society.
Lion's Den Radio Theater is pleased to present Reefer Madness, the audio play. Brought to you by the magic of cell phones, tablets, and laptops. This production was recorded during a period of social isolation, restriction, and distancing, and compiled for your enjoyment by Lion's Den Theater. This production features Matt Campbell, Wesley J. Colford, Jonathan Collins, Adrian Collins, Rebecca Curry, Aaron Gillis, Heather Carr, Wayne McKay, Chili Morrison, Daniel Morrison, Kevin Morrison, Ron Newcomb, Mark Penny, Jen Tupper, and James F.W. Thompson. And now, from Moncton to Halifax, to Cape Breton Island, we are pleased to bring you Reefer Madness. The incidents and characters portrayed in this theatrical piece are entirely fictional. Any similarities between them and any actual occurrences and or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental. Based on a true story! Tell your children. Tell your children. It must be stopped. You can stop it. Greetings, parents. I am Dr. Alfred Carroll, principal of Truman High School. I've gathered you here tonight to discuss a very serious matter. You and all parent school groups across this country are the best resource we have to forever stomp out a violent assassin of our youth. You can do this by bringing about compulsory education on the subject of narcotics. I speak mainly on the subject of the deadliest of all narcotics, marijuana. Though none of us doubt the efficiency of imprisoning and executing the peddlers and users of this filthy weed as a means of deterring its presence in society, it is only through enlightenment and education that this scourge can be completely eradicated. That, my friends, is the purpose of tonight's meeting. Before proceeding, it is crucial that you are all aware of the very real effects this weed from the Garden of Satan has on its victims. I have in my pocket a letter from Nicholas Gruber. Many of you know Nick from the Truman General Hospital. Nick, a former student of mine, has seen more than his fair share of people, young and old, but mostly young, who have been directly affected by this emerald poison. I will take the letter out of my pocket and read it to you. Dr. Carroll and parents, thank you for taking the time to read my letter. I had hoped to attend in person, however, my workload at the hospital will not permit it at this time. I feel it would be a great disservice to the community if I did not relate to you some of the knowledge I have acquired of the effects of marijuana during my many years in the healthcare industry. Its first effect is a sudden fit of violent and uncontrollable laughter. Then come hallucinations. Space expands. Time slows down. 
it almost stands still. Next come a series of surreal and fixed ideas and monstrous extravagances. These are followed by emotional disturbances, the total inability to direct one's thoughts, and the loss of all power to resist physical and emotional outbursts that, more often than not, lead to acts of shocking violence. Finally, the experience leads to incurable insanity. I have seen far too many lives irrevocably marred by marijuana, and I truly believe that it is time that something is done to rid it from our town. Yours truly, Nicholas Gruber. There it is, folks. If you aren't willing to accept the word of a simple educator like myself, please consider those of Nicholas Gruber, a man with ten years' experience in the hospital laundry. No doubt, many of you do not believe that these things can happen. You may also believe that these facts have been exaggerated. Let me relate to you a story of something that happened right here in our own city. You probably read about it in the papers. I will give you the real facts of the case. I urge you to listen closely and to heed the morals of the tale, for the cold, leafy, green hand of evil could be reaching forth for the soul of your child. Or yours! Or yours! Hey, Bill. Mind if I say something? Why, go ahead, Jimmy. These sure are some swell french fries. You think they're swell now? Try putting some ketchup on them. No way. I'm a tried-and-true vinegar man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Hey, Bill, did you see who just came in? It's Ralph Wiley. Bill, Bill, look, it's Ralph Wiley. Where? Oh, there he is. Wowee. Ralph Wiley. I don't know why you both make such a fuss over Ralph Wiley. Come on, Jimmy. He's a great swimmer. Yeah. He made the freshman team that year he went to college. Don't you like him, Jimmy? I don't know. His parents are divorced. You probably shouldn't be talking to him, Mary. Jimmy, I'm just saying hello. You know, he's been in a couple of jams. Besides, he's in his early 20s. He's a little too old for us to be messing around with. Oh, come on, Jimmy. Ralph's a nice guy. Who's that man he's talking to? I don't know. But he looks like a real nice guy, though. Afternoon, Ralph. How are you, Jack? Doing well. You? Not bad. You? Not so well, Ralphie. What's eating you, Jack? Business, my friend. Business. Have you seen Blanche? I'm supposed to meet her here. I just finished making some deliveries. Deliveries? As in weed deliveries? Yeah, relax. I got yours in my pocket. Listen, Ralph, you know any kids in this place? Kids? Yeah, high schoolers. We're looking for some new kids to bring up to May's place. Some new customers. What happened to your old ones? We're always expanding, Ralphie. Though we did lose a couple last week. It's May. May's been running them off. She doesn't want us making our money off kids. But kids are the best customers. Tell me about it. So, can you see any kids here? I'm looking, I'm looking. Listen, if you eyeball any kids, let me know. I'll cut you in on a piece of the action. I'll pay you with goods. Straight from me to you. No middleman, no markup. Now you're speaking my language. Wait, I see some kids. Where? Way over there. Those kids with the french fries and milkshakes. Hey, that's Mary Lane. Mary Lane? Yeah, that cute little number sitting with those two dopes. Very nice. Come on, we'll say hi. Don't look now, Mary, but Ralph and that nice-looking stranger are coming our way. Hey, Mary. Hi, Ralph. 
Hi, Bill. Ralph, you know my younger brother, Jimmy? Of course. Bill, Jimmy, Mary, this is my friend, Jack Perry. Good to know you. Hello, Jack Perry. Good to know you. You know, Ralph, it's good I saw you. My grandmother is out of town for the weekend, and I'm going to have a little party. Oh, heck, not a little party. The biggest party this town has ever seen. Anyway, she's got a swimming pool, Ralph, and I thought maybe you might come by and teach me some of your winning strokes. Nah, I don't swim anymore. But Ralph... Listen, kid, stick to tennis. Jack. Jack! Excuse me for one second. I have to speak with my friend. Where you been, Jack? Waiting for you. We're losing money. We need more customers. More customers? May keeps getting jittery around the kids I've been bringing up. She's kicked out all my regulars. We got nobody to buy our ganja anymore. Get him back, Jack. It's impossible. Some other pusher already scooped them up. Vultures like us are everywhere, Blanche. Scumbags just waiting to scoop up some poor kid whose parents didn't take the time to caution them about the evils of marijuana. What are you saying, Jack? I'm saying that May's maternal instinct is getting in the way of me making my ends meet. Have you talked to her about it? That's a good idea, Blanche. I will. I will. In the meantime, I gotta get us some new prospects. What about those kids way over there? Ralph is putting the screws to him as we speak. Why did you get Ralph involved? His addiction to cannabis has destroyed any ambition he once had. You're a fine one to talk. I've given Ralph a little incentive. Let's listen in. Say, we're all heading to a friend's house. Why don't you come along? We'd love to, Ralph. But Mary and I have a date to play mixed doubles. You can play tennis anytime. Come on. We'll have some laughs. Laughs sure sound like a lot of fun, Ralph. But we couldn't forgive ourselves if we missed our tennis match. Maybe some other time? How about you, Jimmy? You look like a real lad about town. I don't know, Ralph. It's your loss, kiddo. Oh, jeez, Mary, we're going to be late for tennis. Don't ruin your dinner, Jimmy. Ma'll be some sore. Have a great game, you two. Goodbye, Jimmy. Nice meeting you, Jack. Goodbye, Ralph. See you. So, Ralph... Did you invite your friends to the party? I tried. They're playing tennis. What about him? He ain't interested. Let me handle it. Introduce me, Ralph. Hey, Jimmy, did I introduce you to my friend? She's real attractive, huh? She sure is. Hi, I'm Blanche. Hi, I'm Jimmy. Ralph was saying you didn't want to come to our party. Gee, he didn't say you'd be there. He didn't? No way. Does that change anything? You bet. I'd go anywhere with you. <laughs> come on. It's only a short walk. Where are we headed? To one heck of a party, Jimmy. See you soon, fellas. See ya, kid. Hook, line, and sinker. That Blanche is something else. Listen, you tail him and make sure the kid doesn't run off. I'll drive to Mays and get the place ready. You got it, Jack. Hey, come on, May, get up. What time is this? Time to get up and give this place a going over. It looks like the Marines have landed. Bunch you brought in here yesterday could have taken on the Marines and the Navy. Hurry up and get on the job. I've got some kids on their way up. I told you I don't want no more kids cheechin' here. We can get along fine without dragging kids up here all the time. You know as well as I do that we owe a lot of money to the boss. If we don't settle that soon... 
we'll be living in a much smaller apartment, as in a pine box, with no view, underground. Now tell me if you want to make the boss sore. He's always sore, Jack. Well, you go see him and tell him that we ain't got his money. Why do I have to go see him? Because you're the one putting the flies in his ointment. Every time you give me grief about customers, it costs him money. Every time you turn a kid away, you're hurting his business. You've had your fun. You've said your piece. But it stops now. You hear? How dare you speak to me like that in my own home? Your home that our boss pays for. Listen, you aren't selling anything to anyone. You don't have to push anything. All you gotta do is open your doors, smile, look pretty, and let me do my business. And what if I don't? Then you'll have to explain yourself to the boss. That never turns out good, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I just never thought we'd be selling to kids. You really should have thought of that before you rented an apartment three blocks from the high school. I know, Jack, I know. Now, make yourself up. Drop the grandmother complex and be the hostess we pay you to be. That can't be them. Too quick. Who is it? Agnes. I'm new in town and I don't have many friends. But I saw a flyer at the grocery store that said there were parties for young people at this seedy apartment. They said all I needed was $10 and I'd have a fun time. I thought I ripped all those posters down. Yeah, well, you must have missed one. I hope it's okay that it's ten one-dollar bills and not a ten. I deliver newspapers and rarely see a ten. I mostly see dimes. But I went to the bank and I got ten ones. That's okay. May, you keep it together. This kid's got ten clams. That's going to get us out of hock with the boss. I'll try, Jack. I'll try. Hi, Agnes. My name is Jack. You can give your ten dollars to our hostess, May. Right, May? Uh-huh. Right, May? Uh-huh. Right, May? Right, Jack. Are there going to be any other kids here? You bet. There's one coming soon. His name is Jimmy. Jimmy. Sounds cool. You just make yourself comfortable, Jimmy. Oh, hey. Another guest. Hi. Blanche, May, and I have some work to do in the kitchen. You two get comfortable. Let's go, ladies. Hi. I'm Jimmy. I'm Agnes. You been here before? Nope. First time. Me too. Nice place. Sure is. Whoa. Would you look at that? What? A piano. Do you play? I've been known to bang out a number or two. Wow, you're amazing. Gee, thanks, Agnes. Would you like to hear more? Please. Sometimes I have a hard time playing the piano. Why? The problem is, when I'm playing piano, I really get the urge to dance. That's fine. I can play some songs, and you can dance. That sounds like a good idea, but there's only one problem. What's that? I'd be dancing alone. Well, maybe we should come back sometime when there's someone else here who can play while we dance. I hope he knows a few slower numbers. I sure love a good waltz. Me too, but finding the right partner is so hard. You're right about that, lady. Hi, Blanche. Sounds like you two have gotten comfortable. We sure have. We're having lots of fun. Fun? The fun hasn't even started yet. The fun hasn't even started yet.
Thanks for coming over, Bill. My pleasure. You know, Mary, in all the times we've known each other, you've never told me about your lovely garden. You're so very, very kind. I feel the same way. And thanks so much for helping me with my homework. Well, I'll try anything except domestic sewing. Why, Bill, don't you want to learn something about running your own home? The answer is no. You know, after that cooking class we had yesterday, I went home and told Mother that the problem with her pot-roast gravy was that she hadn't added three heaping teaspoons of olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? She didn't say anything. She just threw me right out of the kitchen. <laughs> Hello, kids. Hi, Mother. Hello, Mrs. Lane. Here you go, kids. I've brought you a nice tray of piping hot cocoa and some molasses cookies. Gosh, hot chocolate and cookies? Thanks, Mrs. Lane. That was very sweet of you, Mother. I know how hard it can be to study on an empty stomach. Now enjoy yourselves. We will. We will, too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, You kids have fun. May I stir your drink, Madam? <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. You're so very, very kind. So, this is the book you have to read for English class? Uh-huh. What's it called? Rome, Romeo and Ju Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Don't you like it? I don't know. It's great. I read it last year. You know, Mary, when I read this, I kind of thought of you. I would read it as though you were there beside me, like you are now. <clears throat> uh, listen, um, it is my soul that calls upon thy name. How silver sweet sound lovers' tongues by night, like softest music to attending ears. Oh, Romeo. My dear Juliet. What o'clock tomorrow shall I send for thee? By the hour of nine. I will not fail. Tis twenty years till then. Mary? Yes, Bill? Will you go to the prom with me? I thought you'd never ask. Is that a yes? It is. Mary? Yes, Bill? May I kiss you? Like on the lips? Yes. I'm sorry, kids. I forgot the marshmallow. Oh. Oh, goodness. Mother! Oh, goodness. Oh, I am so sorry, Mrs. Lane. <laughs> I think you should run along home, Bill. Oh, uh, sorry. Yes. Um, uh, uh, bye, Mary. <laughs> um, mm, yeah. Uh, uh, bye, Bill. See ya. So far, parents, this tale is no different than an average day of adolescent tomfoolery. The average ballyhoo one expects from the average teen. Milkshakes, literature, an innocent smooch under a porch light. Nothing untoward or sinful. Yet my story is about to take a very dark turn. It was at this point that I realized there was no doubt that an organized gang was distributing marijuana to students. Not only at my school, but at schools all over the city. To get more information, I went to see Officer Wyatt, a member of the local police force who frequently works with the Federal Drug Task Force. Come in, Principal Carroll. Officer Wyatt, there is no doubt that there is an organized gang distributing marijuana to students, not only in my school, but in schools all over the city. To get more information, I've come to you. And I'm glad you have, Dr. Carroll. 
What are you doing to put an end to drugs? As much as time and resources will allow, the fight against drugs begins at our borders. Our borders and ports are searched vigorously by agents from a number of organizations and agencies. It is here, at our borders, that most of the drugs that are being sent to our country are found, seized, and destroyed. I see. But, as most of these agents are human, human error does occur. A percentage, albeit a small percentage, still makes it past these agents. How does this happen, Officer Wyatt? We don't know, or we'd catch them. But don't despair, Dr. Carroll. We are making great progress in our searching techniques. For example, what is this sitting on my desk? Why, it's a woman's shoe. I suppose it is. Look closely at the heel. Ah, yes, a small hinge. Go ahead. Open it. Interesting. A hollowed-out heel on a hinge. And do you know what once filled that heel? A drug? A drug. Cocaine, to be exact. The Federal Drug Task Force recently found 900 pairs of women's shoes with hollowed-out heels just like this one being smuggled into our country. That's 900 shoes, or 450 pairs of shoes that were filled with blow. Amazing. Can you see that wooden thing on my shelf? It's a small barrel of olive oil like one I'd see at my local grocery or health food store. That's what the bad guys would like you to believe. This barrel was recently seized at one of our ports, but it didn't contain olive oil. It was filled to the brim with heroin. But the label says olive oil. We're dealing with a new kind of criminal, Dr. Carroll. A smarter criminal than that of our father's generation. I can see that. Officer Wyatt, my main concern is marijuana and its deadly effects on our youth. Marijuana is the hardest narcotic to fight. Unlike other forms of dope, marijuana grows wild everywhere in the region. Though it is possible to make arrests, stopping the supply of green yammy is virtually impossible. With an unlimited supply, the only way to stop the trafficking of marijuana is to destroy the demand. It is our belief that the only way to do this is by implementing a widespread campaign in education. It's all right to talk about education, Officer Wyatt, but we educators will not see results until the public is sufficiently aroused. Dr. Carroll, are you willing to arouse them? I am. A few years back... The records of marijuana cases in most police stations scarcely filled a small file folder. Today, though, they fill many, many cabinets. Dear me. And these many, many cabinets are all devoted to marijuana cases? All of them. I do have a few examples here on my desk. This is the case of a 16-year-old lad who was apprehended in the act of staging a holdup. Sixteen years old and a marijuana addict. This file is the most tragic of cases. Yes. Yes, I remember this one. A boy at nine years old fell under the influence of marijuana and killed his entire family with an axe. And this one, a young girl, 17 years old, a reefer smoker, taken in a raid in the company of six young men. None were her father, and none were her husband. Shameful. And this one, I dare not even speak the details. As I recall, the papers made quite a play of it, brought shame on the poor boy's family. 
There are hundreds of them, Dr. Carroll. Perhaps thousands, and new ones every day. Officer Wyatt, I'd like to take these records, if I may. I feel they will be of invaluable assistance to me in combating the evil in my school. Take whatever files you'd like, Dr. Carroll. Thank you, Officer Wyatt. Mother? Father? I'm home! Boy, oh boy. Mary Lane and Bill Harper. Mary Harper. Ah, has a nice ring to it. Ha! Ring! <laughs> ah, you gotta make it through the prom first, Billy boy. Ah. Hi, Bill. Oh, hi, Junior. Say, you didn't eat dinner yet, did you? Not yet. I was waiting for you. Where were you? Studying. Studying? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Where are you at with your girlfriend? Hey, you. I saw you walking with a girl. Your girl. I was not. Bill's got a girlfriend. Bill's got a girlfriend. Ma, Junior's bugging me. Make him stop. But you do have a girl, and her name is Mary. That's it. Wait till I get my hands on you. No, Bill, please. I didn't mean it. Honest, I didn't. Ah, well, what I'm really burnt up about is that you didn't say Bill's got a swell girl. She'd have to be swell if you like her. Sounds like you want something. It's it's my model plane. Can you help me fix it? I don't know, Junior. Come on, Bill. You can fix it. You can fix anything. All right, I'll do my best. Thanks, Bill. Bill? Yes, Junior? You're my hero. Can I help you? Hello. I'm Mary Lane. This is my mother. We are here to look at prom dresses. One moment, please. Thank you. Oh, I really like this one, Mother. It is pretty, but... Too revealing? Yes, the sleeves are far too short. Then again, you are 18 years old. I am. Let's keep looking. It's important to me that we both like it. You know, Mother, I'm so looking forward to going to prom. I really deserve a good night out after all these years of schooling. I always knew I'd go to prom, but to think I'm actually going with... Bill Harper? Wow. He's a fine boy, Mary. Mother, don't call him a boy. He's a man. <gasps> a man? He's 18. There's more to being an adult than just being 18. That's not what the government says. You can vote when you're It's eight. about responsibility, Mary. I am responsible, Mother. So is Bill. I doubt you'll find any kids in this town that are as responsible as Bill and I. I don't know if I can disagree with that, Mary. So as an adult, that means I can pick out any dress I want. You can, but last time I checked, it's this adult who is paying for it, so I'm going to pick out whatever dress I want. What? I'm just kidding. We'll pick one together. Oh, mother. Hey, Bill. Over here. Oh, hi, Jimmy. I should have known I'd find you here at the diner. 
I saw Mary's car out front. Is she here? No, she's gone to the dressmaker. She wanted me to wait here and tell you. She gave me her car for the day. Look at you all grown up. Driving and everything. Yeah, can I take you somewhere? Well, I ain't going anywhere in particular. That's unfortunate. Hey, I'll buy you a soda. I don't drink that stuff. Can I get you anything else? How about one tall glass of root beer? You're wrong. Hey, Bill, check it out. There's Ralph and Blanche. They're two really happening cats. Ralph, Blanche, over here. Jimmy! How you been, Bill? Swell, Ralph. Just swell. Have a good time last night, Jimmy? Boy, did I. Bill, I met a girl last night. Her name is Agnes. Sounds great. Matter of fact, we're heading to May's right now. Agnes is already there. Well, ain't that lucky. Say, can Bill come along? I really want you to meet Agnes. Will you join us, Bill? Please say yes. Uh, I don't know, guys. Come on, Bill. You'll get a real kick out of it. I love getting kicks out of things, but I really should practice my backhand. The regionals are next week, and I'd really like to win. There's a $50 grand prize. Wow, $50? That's a lot of money back in these days. Sure is, Jimmy. With prom coming up, I don't know if I'll have time with all the grooming I'll have. Bill, we'd love to have you. I'd love to have you. Come on, Bill. There's going to be lots of kids there. It's really keen. And they got a piano. A piano, eh? Hmm. I really don't know. I really shouldn't. Well, maybe this once. Maybe. Uh, okay, sure. It'd be my pleasure. Great. I'll just settle up our tab and we'll be on our way. Listen, Blanche, you stay close to Bill Harper. You don't have to tell me twice. What's in it for you? You do what you can to win over Harper. And I'll cuddle up to that sweet tomato of his, Mary Lane. You'll never get that Mary Lane to May's house. Just wait and see. Deal? Deal. Jimmy, welcome back. Glad you brought a friend with you. Uh, Bill, isn't it? Yep. Hi, Jack. Jimmy had the place jumping last night. That boy knows his way around the ivories. Jimmy, I thought you'd never get here. Agnes, glad to see you. Hey, I know this song. A piano player. It's Hot Fingers Pirelli. Hot Fingers Pirelli? Yeah, he really knows how to swing out a mess of jive. Don't tell me you brought another kid up here, Jack. Quiet, May. It's Bill Harper, a friend of Jimmy's. He's an okay kid. He's still a kid. That's enough out of you. Blanchard is doing the hard sell. It ain't no sell. She's pretty sweet on him. She'd better not get too sweet. He's only five-sixths of her age. Leave her be. If he gets a little fun, he'll come back. And we get to line our pockets. Where's the joints, May? In the kitchen. Did you roll them? No, Jack, I didn't. You roll them. Gosh darn it, May. I gotta do everything around here. So what's your beef, May? I ain't got no beef. That's not what I'm seeing. I hear you got some problem entertaining kids. Well, not anymore. Change of heart? Change of mind, Ralph. My heart hasn't changed one bit. Hey, Bill. Come sit on the couch with me. Sure, Blanche. Sure. Come closer. Okay. How do you feel about older women, Bill? I like them. My mother is older than me. But we get along swell. Why don't you come closer, Bill? Any closer and you'll be sitting on my lap. 
Now that isn't such a bad idea, is it? Oh, oh. You're not comfortable with me up here, are you? Not at uh, all. <laughs> I like it here. When the music slows down, we can dance, huh? Sure. May, where's the hemp? What do you mean, where's the hemp? It's where it always is. It's in the bag that's in the soap box that's in the hollowed out wall behind the fridge. It's empty. It's gone. There's none left. Then it's empty. It's gone. There's none left. What? When did we run out? Did you replace the stash from last night? Jeepers creepers me. You should have told me we ran out when I was here this morning. I thought you checked. I gotta get more. And this of all days. My car is in the shop. Looks like you're walking, Jack. I ain't walking nowhere. Listen, you two, I ain't here for the scenery. Where's my jimmers? We ran out. Ran out? I came for the reefers. And as far as I see it, you owe me some marijuana. Owe you some? Why do you owe him some? Oh, he didn't tell you? You surprise me, Mr. Perry. I'm on the payroll now, May. Only I don't get paid money. I get the other green stuff. The green stuff you smoke. That's right, May. Old Ralph Wiley's smoking for free now. Jack, you cut him in two? That doesn't leave much to go around. With me and Blanche and the boss's cut- Oh, brother. I needed him to get help attracting some kids up here. He's a former local swimming star, May. Just the kind of guy they look up to. Jack, you can't just add people to the racket. Pipe down. I got it covered. I got a couple of doobies in my pocket. Give them around to the kids. Keep them entertained. I gotta go get more from the boss. Do you have a car, Ralph? Nah, I pondered a week ago to get money to support my addiction. But that Jimmy kid's got a car. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hey, Jimmy. Hi, Jack. Say, Jimmy, you got a car, haven't you? Yeah, sure. It's my sister's. I gotta take a run over to Cedar Avenue. Do you mind giving me a lift? Heck no, Jack. Come on. I'll be right back, Agnes. Bye. Don't forget about me, May. Give me one of those blunts. Here you go, Ralph. I'll have one, May. Of course you will. I don't know how Jack expects to make any money with these two freeloaders. Now, if you want a real smoke, Bill, take one of these. But that, that's pot, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. You don't know what kind of junk is in those... Oh, Bill, I really thought you were a sport. A sport? Oh, I am a sport. How do I smoke one of these things? Just take a puff. Put it in your mouth and inhale. Just do what Ralph and Agnes are doing. Okay. <laughs> What's so funny, Ralph? <laughs> Agnes, you're laughing too. There must be something to these things. You both seem to be really enjoying yourselves. I sure don't like being on the outside of a good joke. Okay, here goes nothing. What do you think, Bill? <laughs> Before resuming my cautionary tale, I'd like to share some important information about the business of drugs. The average marijuana cigarette, or joint as it is called by jazz musicians, contains approximately 10 inhalations, or hits. 
the average marijuana cigarette costs approximately 50 cents, but for the sake of mathematical ease, we'll round that up to $1. By my calculations, each time a cannabis smoker inhales, he or she is spending 10 cents. Now, what happens to this 10 cents? Nobody knows exactly what happens to money generated by the sale of marijuana. Or do we? We do. Let's say, for the sake of argument, that you purchase marijuana from an average street vendor. This vendor, or pusher, will take a small percentage of your purchase for himself and will hand off the remainder to his supervisor. This man will then take a small percentage for himself and give the remainder to his boss. Do you think for one second that the pusher and his supervisor are then donating their earnings to charity? That is highly unlikely. Pushers are representatives of the lowest class of humanity. They are generally types who frequent dive bars and brothels. The vast majority of their income is then spent on liquor and prostitutes. The supervisors of these pushers, though slightly more organized and perhaps better connected in the underworld, are also very much undesirable folks who also frequent seedy bars and houses of ill repute. Perhaps these bars are slightly nicer and the prostitutes slightly prettier, but regardless, the money generated from the sale of marijuana still ends up in the hands of unsavory individuals. At the apex of this pyramid is the big boss. The big boss is always connected to the world of organized crime. In some cases, he is the representative of organized crime for the entire region. Not only does he get the lion's share of the money directly from the sale of marijuana, but he also tends to be the owner of the brothels and the seedy bars. Due to his immense wealth, he becomes a very powerful person capable of running his own virtual army in his town. His minions begin robbing and assaulting honest folks, like you and me, attempting to bribe unflappable members of government, and creating an environment that is not safe. Taxes and insurance rates increase as the overall quality of life decreases. Before long, life is simply not worth living for even the once happiest of individuals. So, for those of you who know a marijuana smoker, be sure to inform them that every time they take a hit from a joint, they are contributing 10 cents to your unhappiness. Feel free to provide them with the facts I've just shared, and they will, more likely than not, vow to never buy it again. If they have any questions or require further information, they may contact me here at the school. Yeah? Excuse me, boss. Jack Perry is here to see you. Okay. Hey, boss. How are you, Jack? Good, boss. Glad to hear it. We are out. We need more. That's what I like to hear. How much? Ten cartons. You got money for me? Yeah, a little. A little? Listen, this ain't no charity. It ain't no soup kitchen that gives out weed instead of soup. I know that, boss. We just got some new kids. Upper middle class types. The kind whose parents got money. Okay. I'll give you your cartons. But you're on the hook for it. I hear May's got some problems selling the dope to kids, huh? Who told you that? I hear things. You know, with my ears. People been talking. I've been hearing. She's just worried about selling it to anyone under 19. Or 18 if we're in Quebec. You just keep her in line. Will do. That's what I like to hear.
See Joey on the way out and take what you need. Thanks, boss. You need anything else? No, boss. That's fine. Okay. Leave me alone. I'm gonna need some time to go over my books, Jack. Gotta keep track of all my money. Thanks, boss. Thanks for driving me, Jimmy. What's in the box, Jack? Oh, you know, usual stuff. Olive oil, women's shoes. Neat. Listen, Jack, I hate to ask, but do you have a cigarette? I'm at an age where I like to feel older. There's something about smoking and driving that really completes that illusion. Sure I do. Matter of fact, I just picked some up. Are they Christopher Columbus unfiltered? No, Jimmy. They're a different brand. Well, a smoke's a smoke. Sure is. I'll even light it for you. <coughs> That's quite harsh. Yet rather good, too. What brand did you say it is? It's the Jack Perry Special. Oh, it's quite good. My head's spinning a little, though. That's normal. Like, really spinning, like, like a top. You know, Jack? Top that you put on the floor and spins. Like that. You okay, kid? <laughs> Feeling great, Jack. Look at me, smoking and driving. <laughs> hey, slow down, kid. You'll kill someone. Relax, Jack. I'm feeling better than I ever felt. Ever. Give me another drag. <laughs> I'm red hot. Pace yourself, boy, or you'll be ice cold. Take it easy, kid. Whoa, Jack. Look at all those lights. You're seeing things, kid. Calm down. No, I'm not. Lights. Pretty. Pretty lights. Lights? Red light, kid. Red light. Jimmy, slow down. It's a pedestrian. What do we do, Jack? What do we do? I just hit a pedestrian. Get out of here. What? Huh? This place will be crawling with cops in no time. Okay. Go, kid, go! Mrs. Harper, this is Mary Lane. Is Bill available to speak to me on the telephone? He sure is playing a lot of tennis lately. Oh, he played until 3 a.m. last night? Yes, it does sound odd, but we both know that Bill is an honest man. No, I don't think we should investigate the matter further. He has proven to be worthy of our trust. Yes, well, goodbye to you, too. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Mother. Would you like some breakfast, Mary? I'm not hungry. Bill Harper hasn't been around lately. Is there anything wrong with you two? Should there be anything wrong? There shouldn't be, I'm sure. But whatever it is, I hope it isn't serious. Oh, Mother. I'm sure you'll work out whatever the trouble is. I'm sure Bill Harper has never lied about anything. Bill's mother says he never lies. He's just been very, very busy with tennis. Too busy for me. I'm sure he's got you in his thoughts. That's very comforting, Mother. Think nothing of it. I'm going to make you a fix-in of scrambled eggs.
Oh, Jimmy, you look terrible. Uh, I'm not feeling well. Sick. Is everything okay? Yes, I'm just tired. Tired. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <sighs> now, Jimmy, something is wrong. Jeez Louise, Mary. Stop cross-examining me. I'm all right. Maybe you just need to go back to bed. Be sure not to let Mother see you. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, I don't know how to respond to this tone of yours. I just don't know what to say, Mary. I'm just too tired. Mother's fixing some eggs. Would you like some? To heck with her goofy eggs and to heck with you. Jimmy! I'm going to bed. Yes, I think that's best. What has gotten into him? Heavens to Betsy. Things sure have changed recently. As principal of Franklin High School, I like to think of myself as a de facto guardian of my students. I regard myself as a shepherd to the town's young, and they view me as everything from a mentor to a hero. As the weeks passed, I could see some of my young charges slowly descending into madness. Even the best and brightest were becoming unmotivated and uninterested in their studies. I took it upon myself to meet with many of them. Young Bill Harper was one of them. You wanted to see me, Dr. Carroll? Yes, please. Sit down, Bill. There seems to be something wrong, Bill. You were always an excellent student. You always had excellent grades, but I've noticed your grades are, shall we say, slipping. I think, uh, I guess the work is getting harder, Dr. Carroll. I'd like to help you, but of course I can't unless you allow me to do it. I've heard you've missed several tennis practices. I've been sick and stressed and tired. I think I hit a growth spurt. It can really do a number on a young man. You're undermining your health, Bill. My health? No, there's nothing, Dr. Carroll. Really, there isn't. The work has suddenly gotten very difficult. There's a lot of new dates to remember in history, bigger numbers in math, and science. Science is always changing. I'm overwhelmed. Honest. If you were being honest with me and honest with yourself, I believe you'd be telling me an entirely different story. Bill, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you a straightforward question, and I'd like to have a straightforward answer. Yes, yes, sir. Is it true that you may have, perhaps unwillingly, acquired a certain harmful habit and have begun an association with some undesirable people? No. No, sir, I haven't. Dr. Carroll, you see, there is something at home. I'm worried about it. Something at home. I suppose we'll have to leave it at that. Remember, though? If you ever need someone to confide in regarding any issues that might confront you, such as narcotics, alcohol consumption, or carnal relations, you'll find that I'm a very wise and open individual. Thank you, Dr. Carroll. You're welcome, son. Hold up! Hold up! Mary Lane is here! Hi, Mary! Kenny, how are you? How's your grandfather's cat? I'm great. Thanks for asking, Mary. Cat's going to be fine. Thanks for your help. I'm so glad to hear it. I was awfully worried. Uh, thanks, Mary. Did you bring your racket? Want to play a set or two? Actually, I came here to see Bill. Bill? Bill Harper. He's here, isn't he? Bill Harper hasn't been here in weeks. Weeks? Weeks. So you up for a game with good old Kenny? No. I'm sorry, Kenny. I'm sorry. I... 
I really need to find Bill. Okay, sure. Just remember, if you ever want a good game of tennis, I'm your guy. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks. Come on, put on a song a girl can dance to. <laughs> What's so funny, Agnes? Blanche wants to dance. <laughs> that is funny. Bill, dance with me. <laughs> okay, Blanche. Thank you for using some of your newspaper money to buy me some reefer, Agnes. Oh, it's not newspaper money. I got fired from delivering the paper. It's gotten too hard to wake up in the morning. I don't know why. I've noticed the same thing. But how did you get the money for the roaches? Don't tell anyone. But I stole it from the collection plate at church. Wow, you must love this stuff. I do. But I think I love the company more. Bill, do you like me? I do. Like, really like me? Sure. Why don't you show me? Why don't we go in May's spare bedroom? Why? Well, there's a painting. Yeah, that's it. A really nice painting I'd like to show you. Really? I love the arts. Funny thing about this painting, though. It's hung on the ceiling, so we'll have to lay on the bed to see it. That's an interesting way to hang a painting. I thought so, too. Shall we go see it? Okay. Mind if Jim and Agnes come? I think we should see it together. Alone. What do you say? Sure. This must be some painting. Hey, Agnes. Yeah, Jim? I think I might have feelings for you. I think I do for you. You know, I have a really nice painting in the woods behind my barn. Oh, yeah? Would you like to come see it? I would, Jimmy. I really would. One minute, please. Good day, Officer Wyatt. Hello, I'm Officer Wyatt. Are you Mary Lane? I am. What can I help you with, Officer? We're tracing a hit-and-run driver. Someone at the scene caught a part of the license plate, and we're checking everyone whose plates are a partial match. What plate number did they get? The witness was only able to see the letter B. But, seeing as your plates do have the letter B... You came up on our list. Oh, hit and run. I don't know anything about that. I didn't think so, ma'am. Just out of curiosity, do you remember what you did on the 29th? The 29th? No, no, I'm sorry, I don't. Okay, miss. It was worth a shot. Enjoy your morning. Wait, officer, the 29th? I do remember the 29th. You do? I do. That was the day before my mother's birthday. Yes, 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 I went to school and then walked to the dressmaker to buy my prom dress with my mother. I was there all afternoon. And you walked? Yes, directly from school. 
And did your mother have your car? No, mother doesn't drive. She took the trolley. And there's nobody else who would have taken your car? Nobody else in the household? Oh, um, no. Well, my brother lives here, but he... he... no. Okay. Thank you, miss. Thank you, officer. Oh, officer, was the person killed? No. Fortunately, he's expected to make a full recovery, but that's still no excuse for hit-and-run driving. No, you're right. Good evening, miss. You too, officer. Mary, who was that? It was nobody, mother. Do you know where Jimmy is? He's out with his new friends. What new friends? Someone named Ralph, and Jack, and Blanche, and May, and Agnes. Ralph, Jack, Blanche, May, and Agnes? Oh my. Cat got your tongue, May? I'm at my wit's end. I'm in my early 30s. It's time to settle down. Have some babies. Picket fences. Maybe raise some chickens. Chickens? I don't know, Jack. It's time to take our earnings and get out of here. We've got enough money, Jack. We're rich enough. I know, May. I know. You know I've been spending the last few years waiting for that one big score. That deal that'd make me a millionaire. I see now that one big score has been right in front of me. It's you, May. It's you. You're the big score. And though it didn't make me a millionaire, I still feel like a very rich man. Oh, Jack. Yes? I don't know, just... Oh, Jack. So no more kids hanging around. Just our own, May. And no more reefer. No more reefer. Will the boss try to kill you? He might, but we shouldn't worry about that now. Now is about you and me. You and me. Hello. I'm looking for my brother Jimmy. I'm sorry, miss. We are no longer having wild reefer parties. May, come over here. That's Mary Lane. Ralph's head over heels for her. He's been trying to get her up here for months. Looks like he's finally done it. I know I said no more kids, but let's make this one exception. For Ralph. Jack. Last one, I swear. Ralph may be a no-good bum, but without him, we wouldn't have the money we got. Okay. I'll go get Ralph. You let her in. May I come in? Sure. Have a seat. You have a lovely home. Thank you. It smells like a dead skunk, but it looks great. Mary, how are you? Hi, Ralph. I'm well. How are you? Getting better all the time. That's very nice. Beat it, May. You'll be good, Ralph. I will. I will. Ralph, is Jimmy here? Jimmy? Yeah, he was. He's coming back soon. Have a seat. Relax. Where has he gone? The store, I think. Or the library. I can't remember. He said he wouldn't be long. Want to smoke, Mary? Mother says I shouldn't smoke unless it's a very long and slim one, designed for a lady. Yep. That's what I got. Then sure. <laughs> this tastes funny. Funny? Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Maybe you'd like a drink of water. Sure. Come with me, down the hall, 
we can get some water. Okay, but isn't the kitchen over there? Uh, the water tastes better from the bathroom sink. Well, you were a swimmer, and if there's one thing you know, it's water. Okay. Right this way. What have I done? What have I been doing? Bill. Bill, come back. Oh, Blanche, I, I'm so sorry. I can't. Where are you going? Blanche, you're a very sweet girl. Really, you are. And I'm sure there's someone out there for you somewhere. But it ain't me, Blanche. It ain't me. I love another girl. A swell girl. And her name is Mary. Mary Lane. I'm going to marry her, Blanche, if she'll take me back. Bill, please. Blanche, no. I can't do it again. I'm sick, Blanche. I don't feel good. I feel as if I'm... as if I'm going to hallucinate. I've been smoking too much marijuana. It's made me sick. I... I need to sit. You're so silly, Ralph. How are we supposed to get a drink of water from a bedroom? There are neither sinks nor glasses there. Come here, Mary. Ralph, I don't need a hug. What are you doing? Keeping you warm, Mary. But I'm not cold. Wait, did you make a pass at me? Guilty as charged. Ralph, I love Bill Harper. Come on, Mary, just once. One kiss, Mary. Besides, Bill Harper's in the bedroom right now with Blanche. You liar! You rotten witch! Slap me, will you? Ralph! Get your hands off her! Go back to sleep, you dope! You go back to sleep! Mary, how could you? It's all a big misunderstanding. We were getting a drink of water. Tell him the truth, Mary. You love me, don't you? No, Ralph, I don't. I love Bill. We'll see about that. Let her go! Back off, Harper! Ugh. Ugh. Uh. Hey, get off me! Let her go! Ugh. Ugh. Uh. Hey, get off me! Let her go! Ugh. Ugh. Uh. Hey, get off me! Let her go! Mary? Mary? Shut up! What's going on in here? The girl fell and bumped her head. The boy got lippy. I had to shut him up. She's dead. Oh, no! What's happening, Bill? Bill's fine. The girl is dead. Dead? The girl? Dead? Dead. Oh no! Sit down, Blanche. Get it together, Ralph. Listen, you two. I want you to get out of here pronto. Get out and forget you were ever here. I'll handle this. You get me? Yes. Anyone asks, you saw nothing. Now get out of here. Sure, sure thing, Jack. Hey, kid, wake up. Uh, what happened? You killed her. I did? You did. Oh, no. Oh, Mary. Jack. May, I'm gonna split. Once I'm out of here, you call the cops. Here's your story. You were in the kitchen and heard a struggle. You came in and saw Harper push the girl. She fell and hit her head. Stick to the story, May, and get him some water. I'll be back once the cops are gone. Right, Jack. Oh, Mary. Can I get you some tea, Jimmy?
No thanks, Agnes. I don't like tea. What are you thinking, Jimmy? Just how feelings are so strange. One minute, my sister's alive, and you and I are fornicating happily behind the barn, and here we are a few weeks later, down in the dumps. Strange, eh? You never know what life will do, Jimmy. You can say that again. Come in. Hi, Jack. Hey, Jimmy. Hi, Agnes. Can I have a minute alone with Jimmy? Sure, Jack. Jimmy, that man you hit with the car, he died. He died? Yeah, this morning. And just yesterday, my sister died, and my best friend is on trial for it. I sure have a bad case of the unluckies. You sure do. My life is in metaphoric ruins. Thank God for Agnes. I don't want to be cold about this, but you got a dummy up about being behind the wheel that day. You can't tell anyone, not even Agnes. You get me? You weren't there, and neither was I. For that matter, you weren't at Maze either. Never at Maze. I'm not fond of lying, but I understand, Jack. It would only make things worse. You take care, kid. And remember, you never drove that car, and never went to Maze. I understand. The People versus William Bill Harper on the count of first-degree murder. Those are indeed some very enlightening facts, Dr. Carroll. Now, Dr. Carroll, as principal of Lakeside High School, did you, over the last three months, notice any changes in the demeanor and attitude of William Harper? Yes, in a number of things. For example, at times, dissociation of ideas. In another instance... I happened to attend a recent interscholastic tennis match, and while Bill Harper had been considered an exceedingly good player, I saw him on more than one occasion miss the ball by as much as three or four feet. This, I understand, could be attributed to the use of marijuana, as it is known to cause errors in the perception of time and space. Hmm. Seems like a very clear-cut case of drug-induced murder, doesn't it, Dr. Carroll? I'm sad to say it, but yes, it does. Now, how does this make you feel, Doctor? Very sad. Bill was going to be a star tennis player. I was expected to one day see him on a professional court, but never in a court of law. Snap out of it, Ralph. It's not our fault. This whole thing is not our fault. Oh, why did I even bring these kids up here? Just kids. They're just kids. They won't hang a kid, will they? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Why don't you just get out of here? Run. Tell the cops. Tell them everything. It wasn't her fault, Ralph. It wasn't his fault. Bill's... He's an adult. A young adult. But still, an adult. We can't leave. Jack wants us to hide out here until the verdict comes in. Lights off. Blinds closed. Cops can't find us. Who is it? It's Jack. Let him in, Blanche. Let him in. We won't talk. Let us out of here. You're safer here. It's for your own good. The town is teeming with cops. May, bring these two some water and some ganja. It'll settle their nerves. Sit down. Relax. I'll try, Jack. I'll try. Hello? Is that you, Jack? Who is this? It's me, your boss. Hi, boss. What's new? Where are those two witnesses? They're here, boss. You're sounding pretty jittery, Jack. I am. I'm worried. This whole thing's got me looking over my shoulder. You got nothing to worry about if you keep them where they are. Just keep them fed 
and keep the reefer sticks flowing. That's just what we've been doing, boss. I've got a hunch that one of them will crack when that verdict comes in and give up the good to the cops or blow their tops to the DA. Get rid of them. The sooner the better. We might all be better off if they never heard the verdict. Know what I mean? I know what you mean. boy. What are we going to do with these two? They're getting on my nerves. I have to get something, May. I'll be right back. May? May! What do you want? Bring me some hemp! I need the green tobacco! Now! Settle down, Ralph. They're gonna hang him! Blanche, they're gonna hang him! Get a hold of yourself! Relax, Ralph. Jack's gonna take care of you. Just have to sit back, relax, and kiss a spliff. You'll be fine. That's the stuff. <laughs> Blanche, have a seat. Relax. Have some water and a freshly rolled fatty. Thanks, me. <laughs> What's the matter with you? You're giving me the creeps. <laughs> Ralph! Quit that crazy laughing! Jack! Where's Jack? I want to get out of here. I gotta got get out of here! The cops will be here and they will hang you if you don't pipe down! I want to see Jack! Jack! I want to see Jack! Jack! Quiet him down! I can't do anything with him. The dube has made him crazy. We can't let that kid hang. <laughs> Jack's coming. He'll be here. Don't worry, he'll be here in a while. I gotta see him now! You hear me? Now! Do you want me to play some piano for you? That's it! Play something! Faster! 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 Play it faster! You're crazy. Take it easy, kid. I just want to talk to you. You're gonna kill me. I know you are. Ralph, Ralph, I don't want to hurt you. It's just the weed talking. There is weed talking in your brain. Talking weed in my brain? No way. You're probably right, Jack. But facts change nothing. Let's dance, muchacho! I can't believe I'm about to say this to such a dear friend, but... Put up your dukes. I'm gonna pound you, you boob! Oh no, Jack! Ralph, settle down. 
You're next, Bay. It's you and me. Help, please. <laughs> Hello, I'm Officer Wyatt. That man is dead. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack, indeed. Why, Jack? Why? You are all under arrest. Come along. The defendant will rise. William Harper, this court finds you guilty of the first-degree murder of Mary Lane. You are sentenced to death. Yes? Secretary, it's me. The boss. I need you to book me a flight. It's gotten awfully hot here. Domestic? No, you idiot. International. The boys in blue are gonna bust in here any minute. What country? Any country but this one. This bird's gotta fly, you get me? Just get me across the border. I need two seats. Two seats? One for me, and one for my money. It's too important to go in cargo, and it's too big to be a carry-on. Yes, sir. Would you like a return ticket? No, secretary. This is going to be a one-way trip. Yes, sir. Hello, Blanche. I'm Officer Wyatt. Yes? I've spoken to the prosecutor's office. They are aware that you are willing to enter a plea of not guilty and receive immunity from prosecution. This is, of course, pending the verification of your evidence. Quit putting the screws to me, copper. Blanche, every bit of this depends on your cooperation. Your friend May has turned state's evidence and is now in our protection program. She's gone to live in the convent at 156 Nicholas Street in Westbridge, where nobody will ever find her. I have nothing to say. Blanche, this might be your only chance to make things right. Make things right. Yes, I must make things right. I was there. I saw it. I know who killed Mary, and I'll tell you who killed Mary. It wasn't Bill. Bill didn't kill Mary. Bill didn't know that he didn't kill Mary. He was knocked out. I saw the whole thing. I was there. Bill was there because I brought him there. Jimmy, too. And Mary. Oh, Mary. Mary was only there to find Jimmy, and I made them come up. I used my sex appeal to get them up there. And then when everything went down, the killing, I mean, Jack kept us doped up and locked us in. And then he tried to kill us, but Ralph killed him. It's all because I made them come up. Jimmy, Bill, Mary, that's it. I was the bait. It's my fault. All my fault. They were only kids. May was right. May was right. Would you be willing to enter a plea of guilty to a charge of moral transgression? <laughs> Will my sentence be reduced? I don't know. Maybe. Oh. Will you testify before a judge? I will. Please write out exactly what you told me, and I'll tell the judge. Thank you.
Hello, Your Honor. It's Officer Wyatt. We have some new evidence in the Bill Harper case. The kid is innocent. We got a witness. Great. Thanks. Good news. The judge overturned the conviction based on this new information. Your honesty has made Bill Harper a free man. I just want to put everything right. You'll be sentenced next week. Until then, you'll be called as a witness in the case of the People versus Ralph Wiley. Is there anyone you would like to call? No. I just want to put everything right. You have, Blanche. Thank you. No. No, I haven't. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. But you are doing the right thing. And that counts for something. Not enough, officer. We'll see. Every great journey begins with one step. What are you looking at out the window? I have to put everything right. Ralph, Jack, Mary. You're well on your way, Blanche. Well on your way. I was a neurosurgeon. Then I started chief in the Green Johnnies. Everything went downhill after that. Oh, don't open the window. It's chilly out. I just want to put everything right. Surgeon, eh? They could use your help at the prison infirmary. Great place to work. Sure beats the laundry. Why are you climbing out on the ledge? I'll open the door when the sheriff arrives. I just want to put everything right. Oh my god! She's jumping! Wait, Blanche! Wait! We are here today for what I hope will be the final chapter in a very horrible tragedy. A tragedy that will forever remain in my mind. One young woman, Mary Lane, is dead. Another one named Blanche is also dead by her own hand. A once promising young man, Jack Perry, is also dead. A former swimming star, Ralph Wiley, has gone crazy. These and countless other lives have been ruined by the sordid activities these people have chosen to partake in. I am happy, on the other hand, that it was not too late for justice for one William Harper. The verdict of guilty has been overturned, and Mr. Harper is a free man. Mr. Harper, though you are not guilty of the murder of Ms. Lane, I cannot condone your actions. I can only hope that one day others will hear your story and it will deter them from making the same mistakes you made, and that they and thousands of others will be able to successfully avoid the vicious pitfalls of marijuana, pitfalls from which you so narrowly escaped. You are free to go. Mrs. Lane, I hope you can forgive me. Bill, you are as much a victim in this as the rest of us. May I come by sometime for hot chocolate and molasses cookies? Anytime, Bill. It'll make me feel like Mary is... Still with us. I'll never forget her. Hey, Bill. Hey, Junior. I'm so glad you're not going to prison. You haven't fixed my model plane. I haven't? No. I haven't? Wow. Well, we'll have to take care of that. Hey, Bill. Hi, Kenny. What brings you to the courthouse today? I could not be here when my old tennis partner's conviction gets overturned. You're a great guy. Hey, Junior, if you ever want to know how to play tennis, this is your guy. Aw, oh, heck. Hey, Kenny. Yeah? How do you play tennis? Well, there's this net, a ball, and some rackets. Hey, Bill. Yeah, Jimmy? Can I buy you a soda sometime? You know I don't drink that stuff, but you're on the hook for one root beer. So glad to have the old Bill back. Me too. I'll see you later. <laughs> Not if I see you first. <laughs> That's very clever, Jimmy. 
Did you just make that up? I did. Jimmy, Agnes, I have to go sign some papers and thank the jailers. Can I come by the house for some milkshakes tonight? You bet. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> the People versus Ralph Wilder. Your Honor, in this case, the state waives the trial of Ralph Wiley. It is convinced that Mr. Wiley is incurably insane. This is purely the result of his addiction to marijuana. We suggest, nay insist, Your Honor, that Mr. Wiley is placed into an institute for the criminally insane for the rest of his natural life. On behalf of the defense, we agree with this request. If both sides agree, I see no reason why this request cannot be granted. Mr. Wiley will spend the rest of his life in an institution for the criminally insane. I'm glad you and Bill are going to be friends again. Me too, you know. I had to distance myself from him because he was convicted for killing my sister, but I never really stopped liking the guy. Do you remember when we fornicated behind the barn? Do I? Well, I have to go away for a few months. No. Why? I'm not sure. Neither my parents nor my doctor will tell me. I'm gonna go live with some nuns. When will you be back? Mom says it'll be around eight to ten months. I'll miss you, but I'll wait. Hey, look! There's a nun now. I have to go. Hey, wait. You look very familiar, sister. Do I know you? No, Jimmy. We've never met. You look a lot like a lady named May, I know. But she isn't a nun. What's your name? Sister Mary. Mary, huh? Once had a sister named Mary. That's nice. I'm sure she was a lovely girl. Let's go, Agnes. Sure thing, sister. Bye, Jimmy. Bye. Excuse me, Your Honor? Yes, Mr. Harper? Thank you for overturning my conviction. Son, we all make mistakes. I'm just glad the truth came out and justice prevailed in your case. Good luck, Mr. Harper. Thank you, Your Honor. You're welcome, son. I'll see you later. Yes, that all happened right here in our town. None of us that were touched by this terrible, terrible case will ever forget it. When we seek reasons why, we must admit that this all happened because three teenagers opted to smoke marijuana because we as a society failed to educate them. It is not too much to say that in your hands lies the possibility of averting other tragedies like it. We must work tirelessly to spread the truths learned today. It is only through knowledge that we can safely protect ourselves and our children. The next tragedy might be yours or yours, or yours. Ralph Wiley remained addicted to marijuana for the remainder of his miserable life. The addiction caused him to have no friends or girlfriends. Nobody at the mental hospital liked him. He was very lonely. He never swam again. Dr. Alfred Carroll remained principal at Oxwood High for many years. For his work in the field of drug education, Dr. Alfred Carroll was knighted. He also won the Nobel Prize, two Oscars, and a Stanley Cup for his hours of selfless duty to his community. His sword marches on. Jimmy and Agnes married and had six kids. They became music teachers and lived happily in their dream house. They divorced after 25 years. 
It was totally a mutual thing, and they are both very happy. Neither ever smoked weed again. Kenny, Mrs. Lane, Junior, Officer Wyatt, the judge, and the lawyer never touched marijuana. They all became very rich and lived very happy lives. They all died peacefully in their sleep at 100. Bill Harper never forgot Mary. He became a teacher at the high school, and he bought the house next to the cemetery so he could be near her. He brings a rose from his garden to her grave every day. Marijuana, ganja, weed, Mary Jane, chiba chiba, or hemp remains the number one killer on our streets. It is the vilest of weeds and should, nay must, be eradicated. Tell your children. Reefer Madness, the audio play, featured Matt Campbell as Dr. Alfred Carroll, Wesley J. Colford as Bill, Jonathan Collins as Jimmy, Adrian Collins as Agnes, Rebecca Curry as Mary, Aaron Gillis as Mrs. Lane and the Secretary, Heather Carr as Blanche, Wayne McKay as Kenny and the Judge, Chili Morrison as Ralph, Daniel Morrison as Junior, Kevin Morrison as the DA, Ron Newcomb as Jack, Mark Penny as Officer Wyatt, Jen Tubbert as May, and James F.W. Thompson as the boss. This production was directed and adapted from the 1936 film of the same name by Keith Morrison and was presented by Lion's Den Theatre. For more information and upcoming Lion's Den productions, please join our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Lion's Den Theater. Theater is spelled R-E, because that is how it's spelled with style. I'm your announcer, Jack Ward, from Electric Vicuna Productions and the Mutual Audio Network. And from everyone here, be healthy, be happy, and be safe. Good night. And that's this week's show. Please check out the show notes at our website at sonicsociety.org for reefer madness and indeed everything else we've shown on the show this season. Keep the conversation going with us on Facebook at Sonic Society or Audio Drama Radio Drama Lovers Groups or on Twitter at Sonic Society or at Astro Tour 2010. And while we're ended here for season 15, don't worry. You can join me next week as we open the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse for another wonderful summer season of old-time radio remakes with some of your favourite producers and performers. So until next week, I'm David Alt. Please be safe, follow instructions at the Playhouse for social distancing and all that. <laughs> and I'm Jack Ward, looking forward to seeing you all from the balcony. <laughs> and thanks again for a fantastic season. Thanks again, David. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you, Jack. Bye-bye. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening.
This has been an Electric Vicuna production.